Hey there, and welcome to episode number 14 of the Melbourne Northern Suburbs podcast. My name is Adam Roach, and I'll be your host. So today I'm joined with Tanya Jordan, who is a mental health social worker. So Tanya has her own business called TNJ Assessment and Counselling Services. So in this interview, Tanya informs us of what her business does in with helping veterans, people involved in the criminal justice, or just being charged with criminal offences, and lots more, including people with depression, anxiety. Tanya takes care of it all. So Tanya also goes in to tell us how she helps people that have had a loss of a family member or even a, a pet, how Tanya helps people with that situation. So it's a really great insight to what Tanya does, which is a the mental health social worker. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Now, before we go to the interview, I have a couple more community announcements. Now, I did do an interview this week, which will come out in December, with Catherine Thompson. Catherine has a business called Angel Soul Healing, which again is very interesting. So look forward to that one. Now, on the 25th of November, so this week, she's actually got an expo at the Commercial Hotel in South Morang. So if you get a chance, go on, check it out. Say hi to Catherine, the lady with the blue hair. Also, I'd like to take this opportunity to thank Mara and everyone from the, the Mernda and surrounding suburbs community voice on Facebook. Uh, so you guys have been a, a great help in promoting the podcast and just getting out there all about the different northern suburbs and people of interest. So again, if you do know someone has got a business or has some interesting stories to tell about northern suburbs, please get in contact with me. And my email is in the show notes, so you can contact me there. And I'd love to have you on the podcast. So I'd like to thank my sponsors, Proactive Self-Defense in Thomastown. Thank you, Rick, and everyone down there. Uh, Bung Pai Thai Massage in Bandura. Now, getting quick, they've got their special on until the end of November. So that's the 90-minute the massage, and you get $15 off. And John and the team down at Ray White in Mill Park. So thank you guys again. So let's go over to the interview now with Tanya Jordan. Okay, so here I am with Tanya Jordan. Hi Adam, how are you? Good, very good. So let's start off exactly what you do and your business. My name's um, Tanya, I'm uh, a mental health social worker and I have my own private practice called TNJ's Assessment and Counselling Services. And I've been a a social worker now for about 15 years, so quite a a while. Um, Been working in a range of industries with forensic population, young people, and now I've decided to branch out into my own private practice and within that role um, I work with again a broad range of clientele. Um, The clientele I work with are what I call the forensic population. So these people are people that are starting to go through the the criminal justice process or being charged with offences. And um, within my role in that, I um, work with uh, solicitors who call on me to present or write up a psychological report. So that requires me to meet with a client for three hours, conducting a clinical assessment where we look at some of their background. But the most important part is to identify treatment targets and level of risk. And that clientele can be... um, men and women who have been convicted of violent offences as well as sex offences. So that's a, the forensic world that I, I work with. Yep. And it's important to you know recognise that a lot of practitioners don't like working with forensic population because they're, um, it's uncomfortable, it, it's an unknown. Where for me, I'm very comfortable working with that. Yeah. 
With the non-forensic po- population, or what I call the, the general population, I work with people that have um, experienced a range of issues from anxiety, depression, stress, low self-esteem, a broad range of issues that impact mm-hmm. on their emotional and mental health and well, just their general well-being. And people can come and see me through um, getting a referral from their general practitioner and can get onto their mental health care plan where they, mm. they're entitled to 10 sessions of um, okay. within that year, within a year. Yeah. And unfortunately, it tips into private. Once you exhaust that, it goes yeah. into private fee paying, I guess. Yeah. So, oh, that's great that you get the um, yeah, Medicare and everything. Yeah. And um, it's also, you know, like, because um, my business has been going now for about three years. And in that time, you sort of start to get known in different areas yeah. and um, working with people that have got work cover claims going on at the moment and mm. also that's having contact with the, the justice system or the court process because the work cover's taking them to court and so working with them and supporting them. Yeah. Also, the Veterans and Veteran Family Services, um, and that's for people, the defence personnel, so the yeah. armed forces, um, so the Army, Air Force, yeah. Navy, those those type of people that have, you know, experienced yeah. war and, and um, famine and, you know, different things that are happening in the world. And when they come back, they often struggle with adjusting being back into the oh, real yeah, world, for sure. yeah. as well as their families trying to support them as well. I also work with the NDIS or the National Disability Insurance Scheme. So people that have disabilities also are very welcome to come and um, receive mental health support from me. Because yeah. sometimes the you know the physical difficult um, disability is very present and noticeable, but it's the actual the mental health stuff that yeah. goes missing and that everyone tends not everyone I think that's unfair to generalise, <laughs> but people kind of miss out and not realise that. Yeah. Something's going on underneath. So, with your company, was it the TNJ Counselling Services? Is that right? That's right. So, yeah. how long has that one been going for? This one was, um, I was initially, I, tra- I did a business name change because okay. um, it was initially called TNJ's Consulting and Support Services, and I found that wasn't really hitting the need. I was actually getting building inquiries. I sort of figured that wasn't particularly helpful, so I changed it to TNJ's Assessment and Counselling because it's actually. What, what it is that I do, what yeah. my services is. So the actual business itself has been going for three years, okay. but the name change was probably in the last um, six months or so um, because I just think it, was, it it actually states what I do yeah. and doesn't confuse people by thinking I'm a construction business or something, like, <laughs> which is what was coming out. Yeah, um, yeah so it, within the private practice world, it's about three years, but prior to that I worked in government and non-government agencies like the Berry Streets, and um, the Department of Human Services and the Department of Justice and Regulation. So Mm. very familiar with the the red tape of government and (laughs) and all that type of stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. And you're based out of Sunbury at the moment? Yeah, I'm currently um, at Goonawarra Medical Centre in Sunbury. So basically people can contact um, Goonawarra Medical Centre in Sunbury and um, request an appointment with me. But... I'm really looking for to come to the South Morang, Epping, um, Mill Park area because I really think there is a need. But it's a matter of trying to work out rooms and find out where I where I can base myself in 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 this area. Yeah. So it's mm. that would be one of my goals is wanting to 
come over to this side as as well and provide my services. Yeah. So would you be looking for somewhere in a, a medical? Uh, medical. Um, but it could be a medical centre, but it could also be just if there's room availability where it could be in a neighbourhood house or something like that. It doesn't have oh, yeah. to be a medical centre. Yeah. I, I guess for me to be able to run a therapy session, as long as I've got a door that shuts and it's yeah, yeah. Pri- private, that yeah. would be ideal. And obviously, you know, if someone's giving up their room for however long I'm there, whether it be half a day or mm. a couple of hours, there's room rental we, that we can negotiate of yeah. that type of thing as well. The administrative side, who does billing, whether that be me or the the, the person that's running the place or whatever, that, that can be worked out as we go, but... Yeah, so it's just sort of, you know, um, I know there's a need in this area I'll, and I want to pr- give um, help. Yeah, this this side of town, I'm actually an Epping girl myself. So, okay. I, you know, grown up all my whole life in Epping. Oh, so yeah. I, yeah. I know, I won't say I know the area because yeah. I moved out 10 years ago to Craigieburn, but I'm familiar with, with the area and what I saw when I was growing up and the needs that I thought back yeah. then and what I'm, as a professional, what I'm seeing now. Yeah, well, it's definitely expanding around here. So. Yeah, like especially up, um, you know, McDonald's Road's very different now. Yeah. And Plenty Road's very different from, yeah. you know, like they never used to be like when you come up um, McDonald's Road, you, you, it was pretty much a straight run. Now it's all weaving yeah. and everything. So. <laughs> That's right, yeah. Bang Pai Thai Massage. We offer massages in relaxation, Thai and deep tissue. We open every day from 10 a.m. to 9 p.m. Come on in and see us at number 11 13 20 Plenty Road, Bandura, or call us on 9466 8996 to make an appointment. Like us on Facebook or become a member to get discounts. Sawadika. So you're pretty busy now in Sunbury? Um, as far as business goes, I'm pretty much booked out most. I'm there fortnightly, so I'm trying to build up my caseload. So I go usually fortnightly, so every second fortnight of a Friday I'm there. But that's also if clientele demonstrate an interest, I will put more days in. So it's fortnightly at the moment. But in saying that, I do offer counselling services to come to people's homes. Okay. And basically with that... you the client will just need to contact me directly mm-hmm. and we have a bit of a chat about what's going on for this person. Yep. And with that, it's sort of like, well, if you get a mental health care plan from your GP, session itself is bulk billed, but there's a call-out fee of $90. Yep. So I come to the house, we sit down, we talk about what's going on for that person yep. and then basically the $90 to come out to the house and then, but the session itself is bulk billed. And sessions go for an hour. In that, um, I like to, when working with my clients, I believe that the client is the expert of their situation. So it's more mm. of a collaboratively approach. Yeah. Like I come in with suggestion and ideas, but the client actually knows what it is that they need more than what I do. So by working together with the client, we're able to move towards a direction that would satisfy the client more than me because they're the ones that need to be able to feel as though they've got control of their lives again and moving in a direction that's happy and healthy yeah. and fulfilling for them. So do you find it's mainly people with depression and anxiety that contact you? I found with working in a medical centre, you tend to get, you do get your depression, anxiety, 
um, stress, yeah. panic attacks clientele. But you also, I'm finding I'm getting people that come to see me who are experiencing difficulties in pain management. Okay. So it's not just like going to the doctor and getting pain relief medication. It's also trying to incorporate different strategies and techniques to manage pain. I had a, an individual who came to see me um, and he had a food phobia. So the food phobia was he had a particular thing in his head that any new food that was introduced, he wouldn't eat. So it was sort of like in the session, I was like, well, do you eat custard? No. Do you eat broccoli? No. And it, it ended up, it was a very limited diet. Mm. So his wife was also present and she was sort of going, I can't, he's really difficult to get food into and cook for because he just keeps rejecting everything. Mm. So um, within that context, we, I, um, as a therapist, I use cognitive behavior therapy, which is that looks at your thoughts, your feelings and behaviours and they're all interlinked. And so with him, I was asking, well, what are you thinking when you get given broccoli or fish? Or And he was just automatically going, nah, 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 and would not eat it. Mm. So I thought the best way to work with this individual was, yes, in a counselling session in a room, but I suggested that we meet up at a restaurant. And okay. in particular, the... Um, the Highlands Pub in Craigieburn because yep. that has got a smorgasbord of every food you can possibly imagine mm. and I was able to sit there and I ate my meal it was that <laughs> time of the night and his wife was sitting there eating yeah. but we were able to get him to try different things and he definitely tried things that I wouldn't necessarily try mm. and he was like oh that's not too bad so with him, he's now able to, he has ceased treatment with me, but he knows he can come back. It's just because we cease doesn't mean we finish for good. Yeah, yeah. He can come back, but he's ceased um, because he's now able to challenge his unhelpful thinking patterns in relation to food, mm. how he feels towards certain foods. He's got a little bit more openness to trying different things. Yeah, that's good. So I get a broad range of people coming. Obviously, with your forensic population coming in and your non-forensic or the generalist population coming in, you get broad range of issues from of um, substance use because um, people use different strategies to cope with different emotions, so substance use, yeah. um, to cope with anxiety, depression. So a broad range of issues that come my way. Ultimately, it's working with the client, trying to work out what they want yeah. and what changes they want in their life. Mm. and moving towards that direction so yeah, yeah. now you did mention the um the cbt which i looked up the cognitive behavior therapy yeah so can you just tell us just a little bit more about that so what it is is cognitive behavior therapy is based on um it's a triangle so if um i suggest people look up cognitive behavior therapy in google because mm. it's actually really hard to explain okay, yeah. what it is <laughs> yeah, that's in, a, in a um a podcast yeah but it's basically a triangle and it's got, um, you've got your thoughts uh, at one peak and then at the peak down the bottom you've got your feelings and at the other other peak is the behaviours. So you've got okay. your thoughts, feelings and behaviours. So when we look at that, um, cognitive behaviour therapy believes that everything is all interlinked. So it can go either way. It can go from your behaviour to your feeling to your yeah. thought to your thought to your behavior to your feeling so it's it, it's interlinked mm -hmm. so if you have a negative thought such as i'm worthless i'm nothing usually and i'm, I'm not going to speak for everyone but 90 yeah. percent of the time or 99.9 yeah. percent .9 of the time 
people will have a negative response or negative feeling towards themselves. And that would be, could be anger, it could be frustration, it could be sadness, it could be anxiety. And then the behaviour could be either withdrawing into themselves or maybe even using drugs and alcohol to try and buffer themselves and build themselves back up. That's what cognitive behaviour therapy is. And so it sort of helps people become more tuned into what's going on for them in inside and what what their their what their thoughts what their feelings and what their behaviors are mm. if you're able to get a little bit of insight into what's going on also have some understanding of your unhelpful thinking patterns yeah. you know you can sort of challenge start to challenge that and maybe move and shift a little bit in in relation to how you see not only yourself other people in the world yeah no mm. very interesting <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, very good. Now, one of the things I saw, which I I guess everyone would um, experience with, with the the personal understanding the grief of a close person dying in the family. So do you get to to deal with that as well? I I won't say I get a lot of it, but Mm. um, I have had a number of clients who have been referred to me in relation to coping with the loss of a loved one. And I tend to use, I guess there's five stages of grief. And the initial part can be is basically the denying that it's happened, then anger, then frustration, disappointment, and then acceptance. So it's sort of looking at when people go through the process of grief, there's no one-step process. It's sort of you go through a time and you allow that person to actually process what's happened, how it's impacted on them, the anger is usually about the unfairness of the situation. Mm. How can this happen? They're wonderful and they were everything to me. And then the acceptance of, okay, they've gone, but how do I cope with that now? So it's sort of um, helping that process. But I think when you're dealing with loss and grief, I don't put a time frame on someone's loss and grief. Because I think in society, we tend to have, especially if you look at the way businesses are run, they go, okay, you can have two weeks off and in that two weeks you grieve. And then you go back to work and you, you, you're meant to cope yeah. and you're meant to have everything together. In my sessions, I'd say, oh, I'm like, take your time. You, you, there's no rush to get through from point one to point five. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's processing. For me, I look at grief and loss, not only like the loss of a family member mm. or what I call it, a person or a human, I also think of pets. Yeah, yeah. Because animals are our family, mm-hmm. and I've recently experienced the loss of a cat, and mm. people would go, oh, he's just a cat, but he's, he was more than just a cat. Yeah. And he was my best friend. Like, I'd come home from work, and he'd be greeting me as I walk in the door yeah, right. and talking mm. to him, and then when he was gone, it was like, well... I had visions of him walking through the cat door. So it was a grief process that I was going through. And I didn't go to to work for a week because mm. I was coming to terms with that loss. Yeah. So when we look at grief and loss, it is the nature of the loss. It could be a loss of a job. It could be a loss of a partner, an ending of a relationship, the death of a cat or a dog or a fish or whatever yeah. that yeah. looks like. We all experience loss, but is in what for what and how that impacts and that emotional attachment we had with that yeah. relationship. Yeah, and do you find it's different, like different cultural Absolutely. aspects as well? Yeah. Like if we look at the Indigenous community, 
uh, there was a Collingwood football player that, and he was an Indigenous person. Yeah. And he, um, Travis Valco, he lost his sister who was playing football in a in a football match, I think, in South Australia. And it was interesting to note, um, and I guess I'll call it a lack of respect, because in the Indigenous community, you don't name the person that's passed. Mm. And if you looked at the press, her name was floating through the press. Yeah at every opportunity but in the indigenous community you don't do that yeah. you don't name the person you it's a sign of respect so it was interesting to see i, I won't say it's disrespectful but i think it comes from not knowing so but for me i was aware that you don't name that particular person mm. during the grief cycle or at all you yeah. acknowledge their passing but you don't speak of them Yes, absolutely. Culture does play a part in mm. how people grieve yep. and what that looks like. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I guess every country is different. Absolutely. Like, I've got um, Irish background and um, I won't say every Irish family, but I, I know that when an Irish, someone passes, mm. and I have been to funerals like this, it's the best party I've ever been to. <laughs> like, yeah. That's their true sense. They celebrate that person's life. Like. Yep. We're all mourning, yeah. you know, like, and I'll, I'll use a generalist term here, like the Christian Australian community. We all yeah. go into mourning and we go back and we have a cup of tea and we eat biscuits and yeah. we're very sombre and we talk about the person, which is, that, that's what it's about. Yeah. But the Irish drinking up, dancing, partying, and actually celebrating that person's life. It's a very mm. contrast. It's very different. Yeah, okay, that probably explains a lot then, because I've got Irish background as well. And I've always said, yeah, but, but pass away. I want to be party, you know, everyone just to celebrate. And, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. It's a, I, I think it's great. Like, I've got a five-year-old, so she hasn't experienced that yet. Yeah. But, um, yeah, you know, it is. It's that culture that... You know, that celebration, you know, mm. like if you even go back in history, in the Roman times, you know, the Irish people, they would do the Gaelic dancing, so they didn't yeah. necessarily touch. Okay, so yeah. the other people would, the the Romans were looking in going, oh, they're not touching, so therefore they're not doing, you know, even though there was music and dancing, yeah. they're like going, oh, well, they're not doing anything wrong because mm. they're not touching in yeah. their dance. But the Irish people, we just party anyway. It doesn't matter what's going on. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so it's sort of, yeah, that culture, it's yeah. sort of being mindful of different traditions, how people view it. So, yeah. Martial arts, Muay Thai kickboxing, fitness and self-defense. Over 50 classes per week, beginners to advanced. Separate junior, little dragons, and adult-only classes. Casual classes or value memberships. Come try a free introductory class at Proactive Self-Defense. Factory 8, Brock Street, Thomastown. Phone 9464-4546. ProactiveSelfDefense.com Come As far as referrals go, um, I'm more than happy to receive referrals from general practitioners or any other professional. But as I said, I'm open to hearing from clients themselves. So if the client thinks that there's some things that are happening for them or mm. want to work on some stuff, more than happy to have direct contact and they contact me. Yeah. But I will then be saying to them, go get a, a, um, a mental health care plan from your general practitioner because you can get your 10 sessions for free or yeah, through yeah. Medicare. 
because if you don't get that mental health care plan, it can get quite pricey for you. Yeah. And so highly suggest go through a general practitioner first. Yeah. I do have my website, which is www.tnjcounselling.com.au. Go to there. Have You'll be able to get information on who I am, like this, today's podcast yeah. will give that little bit of information. But my website has more about who I am, what I am, um, more yeah. detail. Just go to your, your GP, take my details to them and yeah. get a plan drawn up and um, we can certainly either meet at your home, at the clinic, um, or if there's somewhere private that you'd like to meet, more than happy to go wherever you are. So And hopefully somewhere around yeah, South Morang. <laughs> hopefully we can get some rooms around the South Morang area to help out. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'd love to come back to the area and work with people. Also, I've got a Facebook account. I've got Twitter. So please go like my page. If you go to my website, you can click on the links and it'll take you to Twitter, Facebook, um, Medium, which is actually a really good point for blogging. So I do write up some stuff on my, my own, but I also post other stuff related to anxiety and depression on my Facebook page. And yeah. Um, So, yeah, just visit my, my website and... Um, click for whatever link you want but that will have the website has my contact number you know if you want to get in contact with me just put in the contact information and i'll get back in contact with you so yeah and so it's really yeah, anyone dealing with like you were saying before depression anxiety because i noticed like a few things on the sites where like you're saying it's really important to people to do actually reach out to someone like yourself Absolutely. rather than keep it inside and it's becoming worse i guess and yeah. other things happen but yeah. I think it's great what, yeah, having that service there. Absolutely. Like, yeah. um, I've experienced depression myself and I've kept it to myself and never reached out for help and it's usually come out at, yeah. you know, it's not the actual thing that's depressing me but my behaviour, I've acted out in some other way which is unhelpful. Mm. And sometimes you can't see the forest through the trees and when you're feeling low in mood and unable to see outside your square or outside, it mm. makes it really hard. Yeah. So... If you think you've got something going on, give us a ring, have a chat, you know, come in and see me and we can sit down and work out what's going on for you and you might just pick up some strategies that might help you. Um, Sometimes just sharing what's going on can relieve so much pressure and you won't feel so isolated and alone. Yeah, no, that's great, yeah. So, yeah, just pick up the phone, dial my my mobile number and give us a call. All right, but like I said, I'll put all the links in the notes so people can check it out there, yeah. exactly where to click on to and get in contact with you. Yep, that will be great because, yeah. as I said, um, happy to do, happy to come to people's homes because sometimes yeah. people feel that low that they don't want to even leave the house. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can have an office over here, but if you don't want to leave the house, it it's, makes it even worse mm. and more isolating and lonely. So just give us a call, yep. send out an email. You know, no one's alone. There's always someone out there ready and willing to lend an ear and have a chat. Yeah, so don't, don't leave it in. That's <laughs> right. It Get it out. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah. Beautiful. All right, thank you very much. Thanks, Adam. No problem. So I hope you guys enjoyed the interview with Tanya. Now, make sure you join me on Sunday for my interview with Nicholas Johnson, who is a, a magician. This interview, I went to... Nicholas's house to interview him all about the about being a magician and he also did a few tricks as well which was absolutely amazing I don't know how he did it but 
It was incredible. So join me on Sunday and you'll hear all about being a magician. So until Sunday, keep smiling.